Well, since I left uh, sometime in the beginning of July, uh, a lot of stuff has been happening, you know. And what I want to do for this year is to give an update. Because, like I said, there's a lot of uh, things, events that have been happening. And um, I really want to bring everybody up to speed, as they say, in terms of what's going on. <coughs> Um, I understand, of course, that Brett Kavanaugh won in the sense that he was confirmed. His nomination is confirmed, I think it was 50 to 48, uh, which, which has enormous repercussions for America and also for the Democratic Party. And also it has tremendous repercussions, as I will explain, of the, the concept of the messianic process. And that's really what your focus has to be, you see. And, and you'll understand that these are really players or actors in a play that have to uh, bring forward the process ultimately of the redemption. And that's what I want to explain, what's been happening you know, over the summer and also, of course, now. <coughs> of course, I'm very glad that he won. Uh, in fact, I had told people, I predicted that he would win, and you will understand why, why he really has to win. But it's phenomenal, it's fascinating to watch. The opposition to that man was beyond belief. Uh, it's really historical. But behind that, I believe there's an incredible strategy that all of this, you should know, is orchestrated by the Rabbanishlan, by God himself. And this is nothing that you see here really is chance. And uh, as, as I will demonstrate, all of it really is uh, just a uh, advancement of the whole process of Mashiach, even though it doesn't look that way. Now, the truth is, um, you know, I don't know if really anybody understands what's going on, you know, outside, you know, uh, because it looks like, uh, you know, just chance and randomness. And so on, you know, I mean, it's incredible to watch, you know, especially the last two and a half weeks with the Kavanaugh, you know, uh, uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee. It was just absolutely mind-boggling to watch. But to most people, it's just that, well, look, that's what <coughs> happens, you know. But the truth is, really, the Pneumius is the real hidden story. Uh, it's much deeper than that. And uh, this will profoundly change many things in America and even the whole process, as I believe in Mashiach, as I said, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, first to just again to go back to some of the groundwork, um, uh, we know that, um, and I, of course, you know, all the shurim I gave before is really uh, all the background of what I'm going to say tonight. <clears throat> we know what's very important, and that is that Esav, the brother of Yaakov, or Edoim, because that's who he became, we know that really he started out as a patriarch, as an of. We know that. And then by the time he was 13, he began to sin. And by the time he was 15, it was a complete break. Uh, and he lost his ability to be a, a patriarch. So that is, uh, so that's what, what happened basically, you know. <coughs> However, what is important to know, which I have mentioned, many times, is that it, it, that Esau really, he was part of what's called the Tikkun process, which I had explained. The Tikkun being the rectification or the restoration of the presence of God in the universe. 
And Esau initially was an of, a patriarch, who was part of the uh, tikkun process. Okay, and then of course he sinned, he lost that ability, uh, and therefore we would think, of course, that he has nothing to do with the tikkun process. And we know also, <coughs> which I've explained, is that that's not true. <coughs> that the Medrash alludes to this, which I mentioned, uh, the concept of Ya'avoid and Ya'aved, where it says in the prophecy that, uh, that Rivka heard when she had Yaakov and Esau fighting within her, there was a whole prophecy. And part of that prophecy was Rav Ya'avoid So'ir. The older will serve the younger. Now what does that really mean? Is that the older, who's Esau, right, will serve the younger, which means that they are both of us at that point in time, obviously before Esau was born, there was no sin. So Esau will serve Yaakov, which means that Yaakov and Esau together are part of the Tikkun process. Very important concept, okay? However, what's going to happen is that Yaakov will be part of the spiritual element of that, component of that, and Esau will be the component where he will go out into the world to destroy the Satan. So it's two different departments in that sense, you know. So Esau therefore assists Yaakov in ultimately bringing the, uh, God's presence back to the world. Uh, now we know that therefore, that's what it means by Ya'avoid. But the Medrash points out, which is interesting, that Ya'avod doesn't have any punctuation in the Torah. Therefore, it can be read Ya'aved, which means that Esav will either oppress or uh, dominate or enslave Yaakov. And I had mentioned what that means. That means that, because I had mentioned that there are three ways to do the Tikkun. You can do the Tikkun through mitzvahs, commandments, tshuva, repentance, or Yisur, no suffering. So I mentioned that, therefore, that Esav will be the major person that brings suffering to the Jewish people so that they can have a expiation of their sins because that's the third way of doing the tikkun that Esau of course would be the major character and therefore Yaakov if he sins he will have a kapora an atonement through the suffering brought about by Esau so therefore Esau is still involved in the tikkun process this is what we see except instead of being involved in a direct manner you know, where he enables Yaakov to do mitzvahs and so on, and, and the same thing with Esau to do mitzvahs. He will be involved in this uh, uh, other process by bringing suffering on Yaakov, and that itself also will contribute to the tikkun. Um, and therefore, ultimately, Esau, of course, became Yaaved because he went out, he sinned, um, and uh, he's still part of that process, but he's now the process a whole different way. Now, <clears throat> What also is very important, which is really unknown to most people, is that in the end of time, Esau does tshuva. Esau does tshuva, which means that he, he repents. And he now goes back from Ya'aved to Ya'aved. He now goes back from oppressing Yaakov and bringing tremendous suffering on Yaakov. He now goes back to helping Yaakov do the tikkun process. And this happens at the end of time, which means that it happens uh, right before the end of the Iqvasid Meshicha. And I had mentioned previously that there are three stages in the, ter in the uh, termination process. Uh, one of them is called Iqvasid Meshicha, which means it's right before the Mashiach comes. The world is now rearranged to bring the Mashiach. 
And the Iqbis of the Mashiach is a stage before Aschalte de Gula, which is the entry of the Mashiach. And ultimately the last stage is called Yemaisa Mashiach, which is the Messianic era. So when does Esav come back to Tshuva? He does it at the end of Iqbis of the Mashiach, at the end of the stage one, which is right before the Mashiach appears. And that's when he does it. Now, I had mentioned also, why does he come back? And I mentioned previously in a whole, whole shiim that Esav has a schos. What is that? That he wanted to do tshuva. He wanted to repent. That's what Esav did. He wanted to repent. Apparently Yaakov was not aware or didn't recognize the fact that Esav wanted to do tshuva. <coughs> and in the end, he hid Dina. And this is a whole story I mentioned previously. So therefore, what happened was, is that Esau wanted to do tshuva, and in that merit, the Mershom said, since you wanted to do tshuva at that time, and restore your, your position in Klai Yisrael, however, in the end of time, I will allow you to do tshuva, and not only that, you will go back to assisting Yaakov Avinu to do the tikkun. So what's interesting also is from this, we realize that Esau, when he does do tshuva, in the end, right, that's right before the Mashiach comes. In fact, one of the simonim, one of the signs that we are near the Mashiach is Ace of doing tshuva, you see. So this is the, obviously the background uh, of which I had mentioned. And of course, I had mentioned also that America's Edoim, the good part of Edoim, right? Uh, and um, uh, yes, the good part of Edoim, okay. Now, Everything you see happening really is already in the Torah. So that's the amazing part about it. What I'm going to say tonight is based on two words in the Torah. Because the Torah really predicts what's going to happen. Now again, we know that Esau will do tshufa. Who is Esau? And I mentioned, right? Esau was Esau originally, then he became Edom, then he became Rome. And Rome then became... Uh, Christianity and Western civilization is the subdivision of Esau, which I had mentioned previously. So Esau of Edom is really Western civilization. But there are two parts. There's the evil part of Esau and there's the good part of Esau, the Toivshab Esau. And I had mentioned that America is the Toivshab Esau. I said this, you know, a long time previously. But there's a lot of people in America opposing Trump. So Who? Wait. Wait, uh, everything will be explained. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> but what is happening now in many ways is fascinating. <clears throat> There are different words in the Torah that really allude to what, what Esav should have done. He didn't, we know, because he sinned. But what should he have done? Okay. There's a posik from the word Ya'avoid Ya'aved. We know that, right? He really should have assisted Yaakov. Instead, he's now persecuting Yaakov. And that supplies a kapara, atonement, for Yaakov Avinu, and also for, obviously, the Jewish people. Uh, 
But there's a pasuk in the Torah called Ish Sodeh, a man of the field. Now Yaakov was who? Yoshev Holam. The Torah describes him as Yoshev Holam, a dweller in tents. And that meant that Yaakov Avinu's job was to bring down spirituality. Yoshev Holam, where he would sit and learn Torah. He would bring down spirituality. And the job of Esav <coughs> was to go out into the world, you see, and to withstand <coughs> the evil of the world and therefore to destroy the Satan. Because his neshama was connected to the Satan. Uh, and I had mentioned that previously. And when Esav would do a mitzvah, it would have a damaging effect on the Satan himself. <coughs> and really, Esav was a patriarch, so he was what's called the Shurish of Toiv, the root of good, and the Satan, of course, is the Shurish of evil. So one root would combat another root, you see? And in that way, Esav could destroy the Satan. So therefore, he was an Ish Sodeh, a man of the field. You can call it the man of the world, whatever you want, but the metaphor that the Torah uses is a man of the field, which means he was an outdoorsman. You know, if you really want to translate that, you know. He was a hunter, an outdoorsman, and so on. But Apisoid, mystically what it means, is that he was a man of the field. He was the guy that was going to go out and interact with the world. You see. And what that means is not only that he would withstand the evil. There's something even more than that. What it means by Ish Sodeh is that he would go out and change the world. You see, that's what Ish Sodeh really is. It's got two ideas. It's got two ideas. One is that by withstanding the evil of the world, world, okay, then he would, of course, weaken the Satan, and ultimately he can destroy the Satan, uh, certainly by weakening him. But the second part of Ish Sodeh is that Esau would go out in the world and change the world, because that's really what his job is, you see. Just like Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu's job, even though he was really in terms of chesed, was really to go out and to change the world. And he was known as that. That's why he made, you know, all the gerim. Esav, in a certain sense, had the same job, in a certain sense, where he would confront the world and try to change it. That's a very important idea, the concept of Ish Sodeh, you see. Because when Ish Sodeh was said, right, it wasn't said later on after he sinned, it was said before he sinned and lost his patriarchate key, right? So what that means is that his job is an Ish Sodeh. It's really describing what he has to do. That in many ways is really the whole explanation of what is going on. It's amazing that two words in the Torah will actually tell you what is going on and why, you see. And now I'm going to proceed to use that concept and show you it really explains everything. Okay? <clears throat> Therefore, what that Ishsodeh is telling us is when that Esav does return, which he will, because that's what God granted him, that he will return, and then he will be Ya'avoid, he will assist Yaakov, okay? He fundamentally has five jobs. By looking at Esav before he sinned, and realizing that this is gonna be Esav after he comes back, then we really know that there are basically five things 
that he has to do. Okay? And I'm going to explain them. And believe it or not, all these things that I'm going to mention really explains Trump's behavior and activities. It's really what it is. He's nothing more basically than an ish sadeh, a man of the field, a man that has to confront the world, you see? And not just protect himself, but to protect the, but to change the world, you see? So, how does it work? Okay, so I'm gonna give you the five jobs. One, he has to assist Israel to do the tikkun, right? Ya'avoyd tzoyah. So he has to assist Israel to do the tikkun process, which means is that he has to make it easy for Israel, okay, to be, to do the tikkun and also to do the mitzvahs. In other words, to become more spiritual. Second job of Esau is not only he has to assist Israel to do the tikkun, he has to protect Israel, he has to protect Yaakov Avinu, not only assisting Yaakov Avinu, but he's got to protect Yaakov Avinu from all the people that want to kill him, all the enemies, right, of spirituality, of God, right, and therefore of Yaakov Avinu. He has to, he, he want to protect Yaakov Avinu. So Yaakov Avinu can continue doing whatever tikkun that he has to do. Third idea. So that's Yavoyt Tzoyah, that, that, that he will uh, assist and help the younger. But the third thing that he has to do, okay, is that he has to confront the world and to try to make the world honest. Because that's really what it's about. Yaakov and Esav, really, as of us, right, are, they, they exhibit honesty, truth, no evil, you see, certainly no corruption, and spirituality. But certainly, uh, they have to demonstrate, you know, a, a spiritual character. Well, in Asaph's front, you talk about Ish Sodeh, right, and that's what his job, he has to confront the world and make it uh, honest, not corrupt, and try to remove the evil, make it fair. You know, the spiritual component is more part of Yaakov, to make the world more spiritual. But certainly to make the world more civilized, you know, a civilized society, and get rid of the corruption and the dishonesty and the persecutions and so on. That's what he has to do. So that really is the third job of Esav, and that's Ishadeh, you see. Now as part of that, okay, part of making the world uh, uh, to do his job, you know, he also has to, and that's part of really assisting Israel, that he has to make, he has to grow in himself physically and economically. He has to become a person that he could have become, but in a good manner. And we'll see how that manifests, you see. And the last thing which he has to do he has to make wherever he resides righteous. Not only has to introduce it to the world, but he has to introduce righteousness to wherever he resides. And you will see that, and this is ultimately the story of Brett Kavanaugh.
as we will see. Anyway, those are the five jobs of what of doing tshuva has to do. And now we take a look at Trump. Trump has been doing all these five jobs. Isadeh, you see. And that's really what Esav, Edoim, that's what he does when he does tshuva. Let's take a look. Let's go through this, okay? <clears throat> First of all, he has to assist Jacob, Yaakov, right? And we know. Where, where was that? What was the job of that? Well, he made Jerusalem the capital, right? It's, which, which means that it's no longer that the fact that Yerushalayim, Yaakovish, as they say, the holy city, is no longer Arab. It is now Jewish. And that, not only that, but that is now the capital. So the U.S. recognizes that, because the U.S. is Asaph, right? It recognizes that, and now countries around the world also will recognize that. So therefore, he's, he's uh, doing something ruchni, by saying to Yaakov, okay, <coughs> Jerusalem is the capital. But I had mentioned in, long ago that when Esau does tshuva, it has to be yehi shaloch. The, let that which is yours be yours. That is the tshuva, you see, which Esau said when he met Yaakov after Yaakov returned from Lovam. So he said, Yehi shaloch, let that which is yours be yours. So Rashi says that this statement is tshuva, where he said to Yaakov, right, that the blessings that Yitzchok gave you, it's yours, which is remarkable, because here he's coming to kill the man, Yaakov. Instead, he admits that the blessings, and the blessings were the spiritual inheritance of Yaakov, you see. And, and, and therefore, what he did is he admitted that this belongs to Yaakov Avinu, and therefore that is an essential tshuva. And that is done when Trump said, Jerusalem is yours. And of course, since Jerusalem is yours, which is the capital, obviously the whole Israel is yours, because you can't have a capital if you don't have a land. Right? So ultimately speaking, he said that the land of Israel is yours. He recognized that. That the Jews have historical validity, you know, and of course biblical validity and so on. And it's yours. So that is the beginning of the truth of Esau, which he had done quite a while ago, you know, about whatever, half a year ago, and so on. <clears throat> so he's doing that. <clears throat> so that is his job of assisting Yaakov to retain the rights of Eretz Yisrael, which is a factor in the ruchnius, in the spirituality of Yaakov Avinu, and of course of the Jewish people. Is it also a tikkun related to um, the Romans, you know, a tikkun because the Romans destroyed Eretz Yisrael? Well, well, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, of course, it's an undoing of what the Romans did. Yeah, but I'm not going into all that, also I'll never get finished, you know. Uh, in fact, it wouldn't surprise me, ultimately, you see, in this process, of giving the land, Eretz Yisrael, back to the Jews, right? And that's part of the mitzvahs, right? Is that also wouldn't surprise me if he gives back the land uh, that he recognizes uh, the sovereignty of Israel over the Golan. Because that would ultimately, because uh, that was the land, Bosham, that was the land of Reuben and God and so on, you know, and uh, after of Menashe and so on, uh, if he, that he would recognize the Golan. But that's up in the future. But that certainly would not surprise me, because that's part of restoring Eretz Yisrael to the Jews. So that's the first idea. That's the assisting Yaakov for the Ruchnius. 
second idea, which is to protect Israel. And in that, he has been outstanding. Let's take a look at some of the things that have, that have happened, you know, over the summer. I'm not even going back a year ago. Those things that have happened over the summer. Let's take a look. One, he has protected Israel from the United Nations, which is astounding. What president has ever confronted, without fear, the United Nations? Because remember, the United Nations represents the entire world. So he has protected Israel from the UN. Not only that, he protects Israel from Iran. You know, uh, in November, right now, their uh, real is collapsing, basically. You know, when it comes November, where he's going to put sanctions on the oil and on everybody else who buys oil from Iran, the whole place will collapse. And they know that, you see. So they're forced in many ways to make peace with Israel or whatever, you see. So he's protecting Israel from one of the greatest enemies of all that has sworn to kill them, see. So he's protecting them from Iran. It's astounding. Not only that, <clears throat> he's protecting them, he's destroying ISIS, which of course has vowed also ultimately to destroy Israel. So he protects them from ISIS. <clears throat> And not only that, but also from Abbas. What he's doing to Abbas is beyond belief. Think about that, okay? He took away $200 million from the guy. Then he took away $60 million, takes away money from the hospitals, right? And he's done this, and you know, he's taken, not only, so he's taken Jerusalem off the table, you know? He's also kicked out the PLO from Washington, D.C., the PA from Washington, D.C. He's kicked, so he's closed whatever they call their embassy, and he evicted the, em the ambassador, the PA ambassador. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable <coughs> that he is standing up to Abbas and calling his bluff, and he's acting on that, and he's just throwing them all out. So he's standing up to Abbas, you see. Besides that, so he's taking Jerusalem off the table. There's something else he did which was completely unexpected. He took off the whole concept of the refugee status away from the Arabs. The, the UN is an incredibly hypocritical organization because they have a UN High Commission for Refugees, you know, which means that if you're the one who ran away, you're a refugee. But the descendants, your kids, are not refugees. And the UN itself recognizes that. <clears throat> They made an exception in only one case by the Arabs. That means that every Arab that lived, that, that ran away, not only are they refugee, and they have the refugee status, right? But their kids are refugees. So it went from 500,000, whatever there was, that fled Israel of their own accord. They voluntarily fled because the Arabs said, don't worry, you leave, we'll, we'll destroy the Jews, and then you'll come back to Palestine, you know, your country. Of course, they believed the, the Arab leaders, and of course, Israel won, and they're left with nothing. So what the UN did, the UNRWA, UNRWA, right, what they did is they conferred refugee status on the descendants of the refugees. And right now, instead of being 500,000, there's over 5 million refugees. And because they conferred that refugee status on these people, they're all screaming right of return. Because if you're a refugee, right, you have a right to come back. So what, what, uh, what uh, Trump did, which is incredible, 
he took away $360 million from UNRWA, you know, which is astounding, right? Because he says this whole thing is a charade. There's no such thing as kids being refugees. And you should know one thing, that and they're supporting these guys, five million people, they have to send them checks every month or whatever they send them, you know, uh, which is a fortune in money, billions of dollars that they're paying from US taxpayers to pay people that have nothing to do with refugees. And not only that, the people in Gaza cannot leave Gaza because then they lose their refugee status. They can't leave those refugee camps, you see. So what the UN is doing is condemning the Arabs to remain refugees or we take away the cash. So how can the problem be solved? They made it impossible for the problem to be solved. And that's why this refugee return, right of return, is always on the table. So what Trump did is he removed it from the table. Nobody expected that, which is incredible. This is what he did. So he's protecting not only from the UN, but even from their organizations. He just removed the entire uh, right of return, just threw it right off the table. No president has ever done this. Everything is historical, you should know. And that's why it's, it's really, it's absolutely amazing. <clears throat> In addition to the protections, which are amazing, some people could argue that he had some, he was instrumental in actually helping Israel get some support from previous enemies, like Prince Solomon and other people. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not finished with the roll call. I'm just saying what happened when I was away. I'm just, I'm just saying how all of this conforms exactly with Ishadeh. Why is it surprising? You see, not only that, but I love John Bolton. He's great, you know. He took on the whole international court in The Hague. He basically told them, jump in the lake. You're not going to tell us what to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know if there is a lake. I think there's a lake in Holland. Lake Geneva. You know, what? Lake Geneva. Yeah, no, Lake Geneva is in Holland? Switzerland. No, it's in Switzerland. The Hague is in Holland, you know. You know, he says, hey, you can't tell us what to do. It's incredible how Bolton is standing up to the revered International Criminal Court in The Hague. Again, again, and that's a protection for Israel because the PA are always going to The Hague and trying to accuse Israel or the US of whatever violations, you know? He just dismissed the whole court. So Israel can easily have now a background for that. You know, okay, you, you dismissed it, we dismissed them also, which I think anyway Israel did. But now they have the UN that just did that, you see. And also, besides Iran being the enemy of Israel, right, and the UN, it protects them against Europe. Because Europe is also terribly against Israel, you see. But what I get a kick out of, which is great, is he's also destroying Turkey, you know. And Turkey is a terrible enemy of Israel. Erdogan has become a terrible voice to destroy Israel, you know. Because he wants, of course, you know, I, I love these guys, the pretensions and the delusions of greatness, you know. You know, Iran wants to restore what it used to be, you know, the great Persian Empire. That's the Iranian delusion, you see. Turkey wants to restore the great Ottoman Empire, because they were, they, were the, they ruled most of uh, Asia and Europe for 500 years. I mean, these guys were tremendous, you know. And he wants to restore that I think he built a palace that has a thousand rooms, cost a billion dollars or some some megalomaniacal gesture, 
you know. But but in, but the main thing is destroying Turkey. So not only is the real collapsing in Iran, but the lira is collapsing in Turkey. You know why? Again, because that's the oynish of Turkey, and that's his job. You see, because Turkey is a major enemy of Israel, and they are getting what's in English called comeuppance. You see, they're getting their oynish. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a Well, first of all, Ottomans, the Ottoman Empire is not, it's, it's really Kurds. I think it's mostly Kurds, you know. Um, uh, and, uh, the, and the Ottomans are not, remember, the Ottomans are not Arab. They are Muslim, but they're not Arab, you see, because only 10% of Islam is Arab. 90% is other countries. You know, in the end of time, you know, in the end of time, the Zoya says that the Bransham brings back uh, many of these rulers that were Rishoyim, evil people in the old days. I held Saddam Hussein is a Gilgul of Nebuchadnezzar. I once said that a long time ago. Because if he, even he said that he was a Gilgul of Nebuchadnezzar. So I remember I said then, well, why would a guy, Nebuchadnezzar was a, uh, uh, he worshipped idol worship, you see? And Saddam Hussein, he was a Muslim, he worships one God. You know, if you want to take pride, why would you take pride in the fact that you, you are a reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar, who's a pagan, basically? So I said then, it's a long time ago, I said, the reason why he's saying he's a Gilgul of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Because it's true. That's all. It is. So what the Bansham did is he brought back Nebuchadnezzar to reclaim his throne, so to speak, right? To reclaim his throne and, um, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, and to finish off his evil. It's what the Bansham does. He brings them back. They do their evil all over again, and then God destroys them. It's almost like they don't, he has to give them more rope to hang themselves, you see. So, that, well, yeah, so and then the, once they've done that, shh, they're gone, you know. And Saddam Hussein, it's amazing how, how many people that guy murdered is beyond belief. But when his time came, uh, you know, they caught him underneath some, some place hiding out, and they just strung him up, and that was the end of him, you know. Yeah, it's too bad he died so, sim so simple. But anyway, because he was ruthless. He was ruthless with many people. You can't believe the brutality of either him or his kids. Beyond belief. But anyway, so I, I, I feel that also Erdogan is some kind of reincarnation of somebody that's got to do his fill, you know, do his job, and then God will destroy him. Finish with Erdogan, you know? And uh, that's what Duranshim does. You know, each person has what's called their measure. They have to do their measure of evil, and then God destroys them, so forth, you know? So I suspect he's probably a Gilgal, um, of whoever, you know, and uh, then he and then the Bunshin will destroy them. It's not the nation of Turkey represents something. It's not what? It's not that the nation of Turkey right now represents. It could something. be he's a Gilgal of that one, uh, one of the the uh, Ottoman evil people. The Ottomans were you know a lot of bad stuff coming out of that place. They were terrible many times against the Jews. Not always, but many of the leaders were you know the Pashas. Those are the Pashas from uh, Turkey and so on. 
you know, they were really very bad to many Yidin. Now, I don't know, there, there's some, I don't know who the worst of them were, but it could be, okay, I want, I need, I need to finish you off, but I don't have the measure yet, you know. So he comes back as heir again, and then God finishes him off, you see. But what's interesting is that Trump, Esau, Edom, he's finishing him off. That's what's so fascinating, you know, because he's our big brother in that sense. He's protecting the Jews, you know. So therefore, that's again something, uh, part of that job of Edom, Ishsodeh, to protect the Jews, you see. And what's also important is that Trump now sees Abbas and Hamas as the real obstacle for peace. You know, which was not seen before, you know, which is incredible how people cannot see that. But whether it be Bush and certainly Obama, they never regarded Hamas and Abbas as the obstacles. They, he always, Abbas, not Abbas, Obama always said that Israel is the obstacle, right? Well, whatever, territories or whatever and so on, you know. But Trump now realizes, hey, these guys are stopping peace. If you didn't have Abbas or Hamas, he feels there would be peace. I happen to disagree with the man. Because they, can they, can, they cannot be peace, really. Uh, not in the sense that they will take over Israel. That will never happen. Two-state solution. That will never happen. But because they are the evil of Yishmoel, the Toiv Shabi Yishmoel has become Saudi Arabia, is Mohammed uh, Salman, and so on, you know. But in any case, so Trump is protecting Israel against these people, you see. So what we see, therefore, is that Trump, over the year and a half or two years, whatever, is doing an incredible job of protecting the Jewish people. So not only is it that uh, he's assisting Yaakov to do the tikkun, but he's protecting them from every which enemy. It's incredible. Just read something else that's amazing. That what? In response to the Russian missiles in Syria, oh, yeah. Trump ordered a fleet of F-35 F fighter planes to Israel. He sent to Israel, I think, from the U.S. Air Force, because they don't have these planes manufactured for, the, uh, for Israel yet. I mean, the ones that the U.S. Air Force is using. Yes, I think so, yeah. Is that true? They have at least five. Sorry? They have at least five in Israel. Yeah, they have a couple, one, the but they had a whole bunch of them on order. That is the... That Trump, Trump is now uh, sending Israel the most advanced U.S. Yeah, but the, you, uh, that, that is such an <coughs> incredible move, <coughs> you know... <coughs> Because, of course, the, the uh, S-300s are advanced missiles, although Israel said it can take care of them. But the interesting is that what he's really doing is sing, sending a, a message to Putin. Does he want to play around with me? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You know, you, you want the Syrians to have the S-300 missile system? Okay. But the, by the way, the F-35 can, can evade that whole system because they're stealth fighters, you know. But uh, so you say it's really, a, it's a direct, or I should say it's, it's an indirect message to Putin. Don't play around with Israel. Don't play around with me. What is that supposed to mean? Would Obama have done that? He probably would have sent F-35s to Syria. Right? <clears throat> and so on, you know. It's incredible to watch Trump, who of course is a, is a messianic figure of Edom, doing tshuva. What he is doing to protect Israel, it's just beyond, uh, it, it's never happened in, 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 in history before. Most presidents, at most, the best you can say from the president 
was that he would be even-handed, so to speak, between the Arabs and the Jews. You see, Obama was completely reversed. He was one of the worst presidents toward Israel that the U.S. ever had. But, so most people, let's say Bush. Bush was even-handed, although I do not think so, because what Bush did was terrible to the Jewish people because he always kept saying, you know, okay, you know, uh, restrain yourself, you know. I mean, no country in the world would have restrained themselves when another country is bombing them. Would the U.S. have done that? Yet he had the gall to tell Israel, well, you gotta tolerate their bombings, and so on, you know. But in any case, but the most that they would have done is being even-handed. With Trump, it's not even even-handed. It's almost like, it's, you know, I, I have to say, you know, Trump is Edom, Edom is the big brother of, 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 of Yaakov Avino. He's our big brother. I mean, people will find that very hard to understand. But this is what happens when Trump, uh, Esau, does tshuva. He becomes the big brother of, 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 of Israel. That's exactly what he's doing. This raises anyway. the question of the, the Russians. Could this be a uh, war of gold and between... No, no, no. No. That's what I'm no, 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 no. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. Putin is a very interesting person. I spoke about that. And by the way, I had predicted a long time ago that Trump and Putin will get together. That on the contrary, they may become allies. And Helsinki, you know, he went and met Putin in Helsinki, and they hit it off. Great. Of course, he came back to the U.S. and they actually slaughtered him. What do you mean? You gave in to them and all that kind of stuff. But Putin and Trump met in Helsinki and it was a great meeting, you know? Because the truth is, Putin likes Jews. He really likes them. And he believes that Israel wasn't. But I, I think the, the Putin is a conflicted individual. What's his conflict? Because on one side, he has to protect the interests of Russia. And the other side, he wants to protect, you know, Israel. Because he likes Israel, he really does, you know? And not only that, he once said, hey, I got a million Russians, you know? It's part of Russia. Israel is part of Russia. I got five. I got a million Russians there. You know, so you know what's he doing? Cut his nose to spite his face. What's the point? Well, it seems you know, Israel, <laughs> you know. I want to tell you something. Here's Putin's problem. Putin has to look strong. That's what it is. It, you know, you have to understand. Politics is bluff. You know, you assume a side that you really don't hold from, so you can have a negotiating edge. That's why, right? And then you have to come across strong, right? Because if you don't come across strong, forget about it. And Putin has that problem. He's got to be look for Russia's interest, but most of all, he's got to look like an incredible leader, you know? But there's another reason why, you know? Because what happened was, which is very interesting, is that it wasn't Israel that shot the planes down, you know? It was uh, Syria. And they took the guy out, and they, I think they're going to kill the guy for doing that. You know, what they did is they, they had no idea where Israel was coming from. Israel bombed a couple of places. So what they, they did is they sent out missiles 360 degrees. It's like called shotgun approach, you know? And of course, if you send out missiles 360 degrees, guess what? One of them is going to hit the intelligence plane of Russia. <clears throat> and, and Putin knows that. Why would Israel do that? Of course not, you know? But the, here's the problem. The problem is, is that this demonstrates a weakness in his S-200 series and his S-300 series. Meanwhile, they get a lot of cash for that, you see? So he's got to do it to defend the commercial rights. 
That's why he's doing it, you know. So he's got to blame Israel that really it wasn't the, the uh, deficiency of the system, missile systems, you know, because you bombed, you, you took down the plane. He's got to do that to protect his income. That's what it is, you know. It's all politics. But in the end, Putin likes Trump. And Trump likes Putin. Because they're birds of a feather. They're very strong people, really leader types, you know. And they're very, uh, you know, very into themselves, and they're very, uh, whatever, you know. They're very similar characters. So I think they they admire each other from afar. Uh, but don't 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 get fooled by Putin. <clears throat> Putin likes Israel. <clears throat> he really likes Trump, you know. And uh, <clears throat> he's doing it either for commercial reasons or just to show that he's somebody. He's a leader. That's what it's all about. Anyway, but but he wants Putin wants to test his technology against F thirty five. See, you know, they're all, they're all, I mean, aren't they choosing <clears throat> the small nations as pawns? Is Trump, you know, really helping Israel? He wants to test out his F thirty fives. You know. No, no, no. I, I, that, I don't think that. I think he's just sending a message to Putin. Right. Don't go too far. Right. You want to play around? You know, th that's really what he's doing. And we're, okay. But it just shows you the tremendous relationship that Trump has with Jews, Israel. It's incredible. Because he is a messianic figure. He's ace of doing tshuva, as I mentioned in many of the shurim before, and so on, you know. Uh, but certainly, this is what, what, it, what is happening. But I believe in the end, Putin and Trump will get together. As soon as you get this ridiculous charge of Russian collusion, which is just beyond belief and so on, you know. Well, midterm election. Wipe out the Democrats. Okay. Anyway. How come? How come Trump is not instructing the State Department to put down Jerusalem, Israel, on passports? He's done what? I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm not on familiar the, with that. On, on the passport, on anybody born in Jerusalem does not get Jerusalem Israel on their passport. Yeah, it but it's a capital. Him. What is he doing? He's, he's not doing it retroactively? So, uh, no. I understand that. On Thursday he said that they don't, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's up for final negotiations with the parties. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, but that's, that, that's because, he, look, look, he's, he's trying to look good to the Arabs. He can't say yes because that would have legalized or made it permanent the fact that Jerusalem is a capital. But he can't do that because he's hoping Abbas will come to the table. So if he stacks the deck against the Arabs, they'll never come to the table. You see, that's why. It's, all it is is to, it's an image. He wants to create an image that he's still willing to accept uh, the, the negotiations with the Arabs. That's all it is. But anyway. Uh, but, but as soon as he realizes that Abbas is not coming to the table, you know, that he, uh, I'm sure he will make the Jews uh, uh, from the capital and that you can actually put Ju uh, Israel on your passport if you're born in Jerusalem. Anyway, so this is a second concept of Trump where he's protecting Yaakov. That's a second job of Esau doing tshuva. Ish-sodeh. Assist Yaakov, Ya'avoid. He will assist Yaakov. And he will also protect from the world because he's an ish sodeh. That's the second job. Then there's a third job, you see, where his job is also to confront because he's an ish sodeh. He's a man of the field, not just to protect himself from doing sins like the rest of the world, but to try to make the world fair and honest and righteous. It's an interesting job. 
because the concept of Esav is really is to bring some type of redemption to the entire world. You see, <clears throat> you know, you, in other words, to try to change the world to be more honest before the Mashiach comes. I'm not talking about spirituality. The concept of spirituality is a job of the Mashiachan, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. But the job of trying to elevate the, the, uh, the aspect of mankind to be more civilized, to be more honest and fair, is a job of Esau, because that's why he's an Ishsadeh, you see. And where do we see that? I mean, the interesting thing about Trump, nobody ever expected him to be so interactive with who? With the uh, foreign policy. But take a look at what he's taken on. You have North Korea. <clears throat> Nobody expected that. And he'll and Kim uh, Kim Jong Un. He'll 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 step up to the plate eventually. He just you know it's the old story you know. It's the uh, you know everybody wants to show that there's somebody you know. So he's moving slowly. He's trying to defy this kind. Of, it's a game. That's all it is because he doesn't want to lose face in North Korea. So that's a show. He's also somebody. But eventually he will. Of course he will. Uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, collapse and do, because the sanctions are killing him and, and his country. So he's taken on North Korea, which is historical. He's taken on China, which is unbelievable, the trade with China, you see. Uh, and not only that, he's taken on Russia. And what you just said, he sent F-35s to Russia, he's confronting them, he's taking them on, you know. You know? Uh, and, and besides that, there's also sanctions against Russia. You see, so that's number three, right? Then he's taken on Europe. That they can't believe what he's doing with them. You know, that's the end of the, uh, what do you call it, the pollution business and all that. There's so many things that he's overturned. And then he's confronted NATO, told them where to get off. You know, so that's, uh, uh, that's uh, uh, NATO and so on, you know. Then he takes on the UN. It's the whole world, basically. You see, then he takes on Mexico with NAFTA. You know, and they, they capitulated. He takes on Canada. So Trudeau, they just quickly signed before he threw them out. You know, Trudeau. So he, take, he takes them on, you know. And what we're beginning to see, which is very important. And as you can understand, he's... Iran. What? Iran. Well, I mentioned Iran because the of, treaty. you know, the... The, 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 the who? The Amity Treaty. Yeah, of Iran. Yeah, the whole thing was a joke. Yeah, he negated that, yeah. I know, they just did it, uh, Pompeo just threw it right out, and so on, you know. <clears throat> but he's taking them on on, but in many ways, that's not, the mo that's not the most important thing to take on. He's taken on the whole world. The world basically trembles for Trump. They tremble because the U.S. is the most powerful nation in the world, number one, you know. And not only that, He's unpredictable. And they're frightened from him. You see? And, but what's more frightening, he will call them on the table if they're dishonest. Well, you can't make a deal with the man. That's what it is. You can't be a crook. You see? When Asaph was a Russia, you could make a, a deal with the guy. But once he does tshuva, right, then he demands fairness. Think about that. Honesty, fairness, no corruption. And he'll call everybody out, you know, I call him out. You know, he calls out England, all of these people, France, and so on. The man has no fear whatsoever of any of these people. And they're frightened of him. They don't, they don't say it, but they're really frightened of the man, like I said, because he's unpredictable, and the U.S. is the most powerful nation in the world, 
the U.S. can destroy you economically, if they, and that's what they're doing to Iran and, and, and North Korea and so on, you know. <clears throat> so in many ways they're frightened, you see. But what he's taken on, which I will, you know, really uh, dwell on, which is the next uh, concept, you know, uh, he has taken on the Washington establishment. You do not realize how important that is. And that will explain many things going on, you see. But that's his job, is to take on who is the Washington establishment, which I will mention, right? right? Trump is the Toivche Beisov. He's a good part of Beisov. That's doing tshuva, right, for America. And, and he's, a, he's a Mashiach of Edom. The Washington establishment is the evil of Esau, the Rasha Esau. You see, that's really who they are. It's the evil of Esau, and that's what the establishment is, and that's all the people that you're watching trying to destroy Trump, you see. And he's taking them on, which we'll see in a minute. Okay. Oh, we see the, the, um, some cracks. So we see that <coughs> Collins, with this Kavanaugh case, there's suddenly... What Collins she voted for? She voted for, but not only that, she said that, that even though it's tempting, I think her statement was, sorry, even though it's tempting, we cannot start ignoring ignoring due process and justice. Of course. Down the road. But, but that's, that's so some chinks in the evilness. It's also starting to break. Yes. Yes. Know yes. Know yes. Know yes. Know yeah. I do know. No, I know. Yeah. Her speech My son called me right after Shabbos and said, he won. You know? I said, okay, what, what else is no? <laughs> because I, I told people he's going to win. He, he has to win. And I will explain why. I didn't get to him yet, right? But I'm just going to Isha there, man of the field. And so Washington far, establishment. Washington establishment. Yeah. Unfortunately, led by a lot of you. Yeah, I don't know if Feinstein is Jewish. I think her father was Jewish. That's what somebody told me. I, I do not know if it's true or not. You know, but Schumer is certainly Jewish. Anyway, it's all air of Rav. Yeah, anyway, anyway, so that's the third thing of Esau is to not only to protect Israel, uh, but to also to try to confront the nations and to make them more honest. You know, to try to remove the corruption. Uh, and, and so on, and the evil certainly, and so on, you know. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing which he has to do as Esau, and that's part of Esau doing tshuva, he has to make the U.S. great. He has to, he has to change the United States, you see, into a, a nation that becomes a, the, a, a superpower for many reasons. One of them <coughs> is because uh, who, uh, America needs to be great to confront the world. See, the world doesn't, uh, the world will laugh at you if you're weak. But when you're strong, economically, militarily, and everything, you know, they respect you and they're frightened of you, you see. So in order for him to have credibility to confront the world, he has to make the United States great. See. It's not him, it's God making the United States great because of that reason, to give him the credibility, you see, and the ability, the more, well, the, well, the ability to confront the nations as a superpower. And the second thing is because to give him credibility that when he admires and is so much behind Israel, right, then Israel will rise amongst the nations because they now have Big Brother protecting him them, Israel, and also 
that they hold, that, that, that uh, America holds from Israel, you know. This is all to make Israel great and for him to be an Ish Sodeh, to confront the nations. That's why. So the Boshim is giving him incredible Hatzlochov in that area. I mean, think about that. <clears throat> now, I don't know all the things he's done, but th there's a whole litany, a list, which is unbelievable. You know, the unemployment rate of Hispanics, blacks, and Asians is historically low. That's the end of the regulations. The regulations is incredible. Then he's opened up Anwan, all the energy fields. So they say that's going to be incredible, you know. <clears throat> and... Um, Years. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, a, that, that's a half a century. Like, what is that? And then they took the GDP, the gross d domestic product, is 4.2%. Obama never had, get, I think Obama, <coughs> his, his was 1.8 or something like that. It's a joke. 4.2, and they say it's going to continue. <coughs> it's absolutely incredible what he's doing to the United States, both as an econ economic force and also as a military force and so on. This is unheard of. These kind of numbers are unheard of. Uh, you see... <coughs> Friday, best job uh, numbers in 50 years, unemployment? In 50 years? Yeah. Yeah. Unheard of. yeah. So therefore he is making America great. But why? Because it's not him. Because he has to be a superpower to confront the world. That's the concept of Ish Soder. The Bonshim is saying, I'm going to give you the ability, the wherewithal, to be an Ish Soder. Look how much is explained in Ish Sodeh. It's astounding. Because that's the job of Esav. But people just run over that phrase, you know. And they don't realize that phrase reveals when Esav does do tshuva, what's he going to do? You see? So that's, that's mamish what's happening. It's just incredible. Not only that, the stock market is going crazy. You know, Wall Street. The Main Street is going crazy with incredible, incredible success. Right, uh, and the regulations are—he's just wiping out all the re incredibly restrictive regulations, and also the consumer confidence. They say the consumer confidence is incredible, and that's very important because consumer confidence is seventy percent of the economy of the United States. That's how much it is, you know, because people have to go out and buy. And that's what gives businesses money, so they, they now can obviously expand and all that. So they say the consumer confidence is incredible. I mean, what else does they have to do to America? America is witnessing what they've never seen in decades, you see. I mean, really, it's a slaughter of Obama, you know. And of course, they want to take credit for this, you know, of course, you know. Uh, so that's what he's doing. He has to become, make America great to be able to have the wherewithal to confront the world and to have the credibility that since he holds from Israel they will rise in stature among the nations of the world. Okay, we are now up to the last one. And this, be once you understand this, you'll understand what happened to Brett Kavanaugh. You know, it would be nice if he knew this. Then maybe he wouldn't feel so bad. <clears throat> It's interesting, you know, you watch. What the Democratic Party has done is they've committed a terrible evil, you know, which is very important, as we will see. This woman, Diane Feinstein, I think is a senator from California, you know, she knew this at the end of July. 
So that's the first thing which is incredible. She knew this. Why didn't she say it then? Not only that, this kind of thing means that you need to be secret about it. Even if she knew that about uh, uh, Kavanaugh, how do you reveal it to the whole world? You see, that's a tremendous evil because what it is, it destroys the man. Besides the fact, of course, that it jeopardizes, why would anybody ever want a job in Washington? Because if you get interviewed and you've got a skeleton in your closet, like they say, it's going to get out to the whole U.S. public and the whole world. That's, what, that, that's what's going to happen. So why would anybody apply for any type of position in Washington? They destroyed what should have been essential. Do not reveal what you know about Kavanaugh. Just present it to him and he'll, re he'll, he'll resign or give up his nomination. You don't mafas on this. You don't spread it to the world. So what she did, although she denies leaking it, but obviously somebody leaked it from, uh, you know, from, you know, from her uh, group. Because obviously what, she, what the Democrats want, and I'm sure Schumer was into it as a strategy, to try, of course, because they're hoping that they'll win the midterm elections, and after that, they can now appoint somebody else as a judge, a liberal judge, for the Supreme Court. And obviously, not only that, but they obviously want to take Trump out with an impeachment, although that doesn't make any sense because you need two-thirds of the Senate to convict, and they don't have the two-thirds of the Senate now. Certainly, they can't convict. In any case, but that's not the real issue. You know, they committed a, a tremendous evil, which I think a great deal of America sees. It's an evil, you know. Even if you're a liberal, how do you do that? Because what they were basically saying is you know, trying to uh, do is they were trying to destroy due process, right? And the concept that you're innocent to proven guilty, which of course is true, you see? Because not only are there no witnesses to what she says, this woman, right? But even those people that she says were in the room deny knowing anything about it. I mean, it's not a shred of evidence in any which way in terms of what she says. So if you're innocent to proven guilty, what is this? You see? And I love the way somebody said, well, it's only a job interview. Really? You mean a job interview means that if you find something in somebody's past, you can now spread it around the entire United States? Was that part of the interview? Like, like, uh, like Kavanaugh said, you know, the job of the Senate is advising consent, you know? In this case, it was search and destroy, and he's right, you see. So what in the world do they mean by a job interview? They destroyed him. That's what they did. If he wasn't nominated as uh, a Supreme Court job, he was finished. You know, he, his family, his kids, his reputation of years, of solid reputation, all destroyed because of some leak that came out of that party. But that's not really what's happening, and that's what I want to go into. What is really happening? <clears throat> What the Ramonishim wants to do, let me put it this way, Asaph, when he was a Russia, had two fundamental sins, okay? He exhibited, besides his arrogance, fundamental sins. One was Ritzicha, guy was a murderer, he was a killer, okay? That's Asaph. he's a Ritzeach. Rome, killers, basically, you know? I mean, they did, they did what they did for civilizations and so on. But basically, they slaughtered millions of people, you know, 
Christianity slaughtered millions of people. For what? And so on. So Esau is a, a retzach. But Esau is also heavily into zimo, incest, adultery, okay, licentiousness. He's heavy into that, you see. The problem is America has the same accusations against it. <clears throat> I think Roe versus Wade, that permitted partial birth abortions, if I'm correct. A partial birth abortion is murder. I don't know if you realize what they do by partial birth abortions, you know? The kid could be nine months, you see? And what they do is they take a long pin, and I think they just pierce the kid's brain. Then they mush up his brain. You're talking about a child that's almost about to be born is legally permitted to kill the kid. You, you cannot be, you can't imagine a greater tzicha, murder than that. Yet America permitted that, partial birth abortions. Even if America wants to permit or give some aspect a right of a woman who's pregnant, so give it, let's say, according to Chazal, if, you, if, if it's less than 40 days, then it's a different story because the embryo is not considered a, a developed human in that sense. <coughs> what was that? Yeah, whatever it is, but it's not human, and therefore there's, there's no chiv uh, tzicha. But no, how do you... The, 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 what? the soul hasn't gotten into it yet. Too. Yeah, okay, I'm, not, I'm looking even from the physical aspect, you know. But the astounding thing is that they permit partial birth abortions. And Clinton was big into that, and same thing with Obama. It's murder. So we don't realize, but that's a tremendous kitug against America. The second thing, so that's the Ritzich of Esav. The second thing is called the Zimo, which is the licentiousness, you know, is the, uh, and, and so on of Esav. And <coughs> who is that? And then we begin to understand, this is Arthur Kennedy, uh, Anthony Kennedy, that permits same-sex marriages. That's Zimo, it's homosexuality. In fact, tonight is Parshish Noach. And the world was destroyed because of uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, aberration of, of, uh, of homosexuality. And Anthony Kennedy permitted that. And not only did he legalize that, he made it constitutional. He constitutionalized that. So America, right, is exhibiting the two fundamental sins of Esau. And the world was destroyed because of homosexuality. You see. So what the Russian wants to do is he wants to make America righteous. How do you make America righteous? What is the major force that makes America immoral and non-righteous? And the answer is the Supreme Court. Because it is the Supreme Court that is ultimately the one who dictates what the law is. And they have passed two kinds of laws which are terrible for the United States in terms of Kitrugim prosecutions. So what the Bonshom wants to do, because now Esau has done tshuva, and America is a Tovshab Esau, he needs to make the court righteous. And that means the court must become conservative. Isn't that interesting? You see, and that's the last job of Esau in that sense. Esau not only has to make America great, but he has to try to turn around America to become more righteous. You see, to become more civilized, more moral and ethical. So who does he nominate? Brett Kavanaugh. Right? That's why. That's his job. As an ish sodeh. 
you see, <clears throat> that's what he does, okay? So Brett Kavanaugh is really selected because God wants to make America righteous and remove Roe versus, versus Wade, which is murder, and he wants to hopefully that to remove the whole concept to reinterpret the Constitution that it is not constitutional, you see, to have homosexuality or same-sex marriages. Because that's what's, that has the possibility of destroying America. It's funny, there's Yerushalmi. I just want to tell you something, yeah, it's interesting. There's Yerushalmi where somebody went over to Elio Hanovi. Elio Hanovi, right? And he says to him, you know, why do earthquakes happen? That's what he asked, Yerushalmi. Do you know Elio Hanovi answered? Why do earthquakes happen? I'm not saying every earthquake happened, but clearly what he answered was uh, substantial enough that this is the main reason. He said because of Mishkav um, Zohar, uh, homosexuality. Elio said that in Yerushalmi. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So therefore, what? It's incredible how Obama's uh, Supreme Court forced toy of a marriage on the whole country. Yeah. When the government, federal government, isn't supposed to get involved with marriages. Yeah, of course. States are supposed to be Of course. Yeah. So this is a tremendous prosecution against America, you see. And the revolution wants to change it. Listen, you know, there are many things, you know, it's funny. Take the San Andreas Fault, California. They're saying it's overdue, right? I mean, God forbid that that fault will crack, and right, and what will happen is, is that from uh, the San Andreas Fault, west will now be the new coast of California, because the other part of it sank into the sea. We're talking about San Francisco, Los Angeles, and so on, you know? Uh, and they're saying it's overdue. God forbid that that should happen. But the problem is, based on Elio's statement, right, it could happen. So what the Bush wants to do to prevent that, and I mentioned previously in previous shurim that why did the Civil War happen? Because America was high of Misa, obligated for the death penalty. Why? Because they're kidnapping people. You can't kidnap anybody and make them a slave. So therefore the whole South was high of Misa. So what the Bush did in order to protect America, right, he made the Civil War where over 700,000 people were killed all basically is a kapora for the kidnapping that America was doing wholesale, you see. The same idea, so the Bush wants to make America righteous, you see. The only way to do it, the only way to do it, is you must make a conservative Supreme Court, you see. And therefore Trump nominates Kavanaugh, because that's his job, you see. But it's not only that, since America is, 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 is really the toiv the good part of Esav, then America has to become righteous. But there's a problem here. What's the problem? The problem is the Sultan, you see. He doesn't want America to become righteous because then he loses his major agent, which is called Esav. We know that the Sultan is the angel of Esav. He loses that, you see. So what he does is he presents a kitrug, a terrible prosecution you see, against the ability of the Supreme Court to have a conservative judge. Because if there's a conservative judge, then America will become much more ethical and moral, you see. And that's very bad for the Sutton, you see, for the Satan, okay? 
So therefore, he presents a tremendous kitrug. So he tries to stop it. Who does he elect to stop it? Who are his agents? And they are, basically, the Rashi Be'esav, the Washington establishment, which is from the, the swamp or the sewer, depending on which adjective you're more familiar with. You see, because uh, Washington establishment is really the evil of Esau. It's all of them together. So what he does is he uses them, and it's fundamentally the Democrats and the liberals, because they have destroyed America. You see? So he uses the Sutton, uses them to try to overthrow Kavanaugh. It's interesting. No, because they're not Jewish. But it's evil, it's the evil part of Esau. And that's, they become his soldiers to try to overthrow the good part of Esau, which is Trump, conservative Supreme Court, Kavanaugh, and so on. They that's, put him in. Who? They actually succeeded in putting him in. Who did? They. Who's they? The Washington Wait, 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 wait. Let's go slow. I, I want to I play out the whole thing, what's happening here, you see? Uh, so this is what's happening, you see? You're looking at the good part of Esau fighting the bad part of Esau. It's like, because there's still a bad part of Esau. That's called the Washington establishment, you see? And that's why they hate Trump so much, because he's the good part of Esau. He's a messianic figure. You see, and that's what they're trying to do. But I ask myself, you know, wait a minute, what's, what's happening besides that? And I realized, when the Russian wants to do something, nothing can stop him. As it says, from my hand, there's no rescuer. So what he did is he puts into the mind of Anthony Kennedy to quit. Why would he quit? Why would anybody quit the Supreme Court? You know, you get incredible amount of honor, money, it's prestige, it's, it's everything a guy would love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, uh, what I see is that the Bonsham forced Anthony Kennedy out because he's the one that legalized and constitutionalized homosexuality or same-sex marriage. So what the Bonsham essentially did is he threw him out. Why? Because he wants to change the Supreme Court to an ethical Supreme Court. You see? So we don't know. Nobody knows when it's free will and when it's compelled. So he threw out Anthony Kennedy. Kennedy doesn't even know that. He didn't retire. He was thrown out of the position. You see? Uh, uh, but my question was, I, I wondered to myself, you know, okay, you want to get rid of Kavanaugh. Why this crazy charge? You know? You don't have evidence. And, and it was like Lahashmud Laharoik. They must kill Kavanaugh. Of course, they have to kill because a Supreme Court that's conservative will destroy the democratic agenda for decades. See, the truth is anybody. But I ask myself, is there any hashgocho that it was, the way they tried to destroy the guy was because of some type of sexual, uh, what do you call it, uh, action, you know? They want to exploit the women's votes, you know, during elections. Yeah, but that's what they want to do. That's, that's not what God right. wants to do. That's why they, they use a, a false domestic violence claim. Yeah. Any case. So I thought about that, and there is an idea. What, 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 the, what the Democrats did is that, which is very interesting, you know, they actually used the claim that they themselves created. What does that mean? It means 
Kennedy voted, right, for same-sex marriages. And he's the guy, he's the one in Russia, because what he did is he presented a tremendous kitra prosecution against the United States. He literally endangered the United States. Uh, but the Bonsham doesn't want that, especially since Trump is a messianic figure. So he's changing it. So he threw out Anthony Kennedy. But what's interesting is that the way they try to get rid of Kavanaugh is this sexual misconduct, which is interesting. Because what do you mean? The liberals are responsible for the sexual <laughs> misconduct. Excuse me. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> you know, by introducing homosexuality in the United States, that is the greatest form of mis sexual misconduct that a person, can, that a world, a, a country can do because that's what destroyed uh, by Noyach and the flood is sexual misconduct, which is homosexuality. So they're using the very charge, the very thing that they did, right? Which is create sexual misconduct uh, against the Torah. And the Torah says, of course, it's, you know, it's a death penalty to be a homosexual, right? They're actually using that and they're guilty of that to actually destroy Kavanaugh. What an irony it's when you think about that, you see. <clears throat> but it's also Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh has to learn something, you see. He has to become very sensitive, you know, to the concept of sexual misconduct and realize that homosexuality is the greatest form that can destroy a country which is same-sex marriages. That's sexual misconduct. So it's almost like the Muslim is teaching him, listen, you know, I need you to understand fully what's going on, you see. So the Democrats, the irony is that they're trying to destroy a man with the very thing that they instituted and constitutionalized, the liberals and the leftists and the Democrats in the United States, which is unbelievable hypocrisy. If you look at the terrorist view, it's an incredible hypocrisy based on the terrorist view. And that's God's view, which of course is everything. And the second thing to, to tell, to tell uh, Kavanaugh, listen, <clears throat> you need to understand the seriousness of this. You need to get rid of homosexuality when you become a judge. Who connect those dots? What was that? Who connect those dots? There was an accusation of homosexuality. But look, Kavanaugh's a straight guy. You know what I'm saying? He also made him very against Democrats. Meaning well, that's next. Now, what's interesting also, yeah, the Russian is what's called multi-deterministic. That means for one act, there could be many reasons. Okay? What is interesting is, like this, you know, Trump is having problems with the midterm election. You know? Whatever. He's having problems, which is insane that he should be having these problems because he has given everybody such an incredible success, and so on. So what the Muslim does, which is very interesting, is that in the very attempt to destroy Kavanaugh, they are revealing their own evil. So that very well may produce an incredible backlash, even by liberals, against the Democratic Party. Because what the Democrats try to do is not only perpetrate a terrible evil against the man, that there's no evidence, and the guy was, I mean, he's got a, a stellar reputation for years. It's obviously, it's a lynch mob. The Democrats are a lynch mob. But not only is that, he tried to destroy a fundamental fabric of justice in America, which is due process, and that you're innocent until proven guilty. Look, if Kavanaugh would have been dismissed, you, you have no idea the damage that would have done to America. Because first of all, it would have destroyed Kavanaugh, it would make Trump look like an idiot, you see. It would have kept the Supreme Court 
possibly liberal, you see, but what it also would have done is make a mockery of justice. Because now a precedent has been set that somebody was accused without any evidence, and on contrary, with contrary evidence, he was accused, right? And not that he was convicted, because it's not a court of law, but he was found guilty and therefore he cannot have the job. That would have set a terrible precedent in the United States, you see. And that itself would have been very bad for the United States because every country is obligated to have dinam. That's one of the mitzvahs of Noach, to have dinam, to have courts, justice, a system of law. And that would have been a mockery of justice, you see. So the Bon so therefore- Wasn't that also part of the democratic plan when they did that? Because they wanted to discourage future conservatives to be nominated. Yeah, definitely. Position. Definitely. So they, it was well-intentioned to do that. Yeah, that, definitely. But my feeling is that what the Mershom did is he also used it to create, hopefully, a tremendous backlash against a Democrat. Because any normal person would say to him, and say, wait a minute, you know? What are you doing to the guy? You know, okay, we, we, we don't want this guy in the court because he's conservative. But if you want to take this guy out, so take him out in a, in a way that makes sense. How do you take a guy out with no evidence, nothing? You've destroyed democracy. You've destroyed, you know, the legal system. I, you, you, that, that's an unbelievable uh, 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 tragedy. And uh, what do you call it? Um, <coughs> yeah, travesty of justice. Yes. You know, and so on. Women voters are going uh, to backlash against the Democrat Party because they realize the Democrats are, are, are playing exploiting them. Exploiting them, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting to watch how the Bonsham is using they themselves to make sure that the midterm elections will be tremendously favorable to Trump. And you should know one thing, because this was an open display of evil. They can't hide. You know, everybody knows Diane Feinstein knew about this in July. Everybody knows it was a delay tactic. So how in the world can you destroy a good man for political agenda, for political reasons? But how do you do that? You know, would anybody want that to happen to himself because of some political agenda where his whole life is now down the tubes? You know, it, it is such an avlo. It is such an unbelievable injustice. How could any fair person not see this? So it's interesting that the Russian would use, you know, besides the other ideas, to backlash against the Democratic Party. And you never know. The country could be so fuming at what they did, you know, that the Senate will become clearly majority in the House. And then Trump, of course, will have his agenda. He now can do the rest of the ish there. Is he going to lose the House? No. I don't believe he'll lose the House. I don't believe he'll lose the Senate. Because he needs the Congress to do the agenda of what? Of God. The Messianic agenda. To make Esau a righteous, right? The Tevshib Esau, so that they can help the Jewish people, right? Protect the Jewish people, confront the world, make America great, and make it righteous. He needs the Congress, you know? So what the Bonsham did is he turned, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's like an Ahapechu. You know, Homan was destroyed overnight, right? Which is incredible. Here he's on top of his he's on top of his game, as they say, and in one night he's now hanging on a tree. Uh, and the Bunshim did that actually. There's a second time it happened of an He did that when he put in Trump. Uh, it was a miracle. 
that he put in Trump and, and uh, it was a nest. I mean, obviously everybody knows it's a, it's a miracle. Uh, you know, he, everybody thought he would lose, everybody. And of course he won at the last minute. So this Kavanaugh election nomin uh, approval and confirmation is in many ways miraculous. Because how can a guy go from this accusation where he's now the fifth guy in the Supreme Court? That's incredible. And they were not able to do that. So what that means is that America now can become liberal, uh, excuse me, conservative, righteous, ethical, moral, and they can now defy the liberals in terms of what their agenda is. So really in the end, Kavanaugh was always gonna be the guy, because that's, that's Trump's job. The only thing is that he put Kavanaugh on the hot seat for whatever reason to teach him certain things, you see the concept that you need to go against homosexuality, you know? But, and we, you never know what's gonna happen ahead, you know? Uh, I certainly hope they'll overturn Roe versus Wade because that is a terrible indictment against America. What was that? He said he won't. He, he, he respects precedent. That's what he says now. But that's before they shook him up. You know? Kavanaugh's a changed man, you should know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he said he, he thought that there's two types of Republicans: Bush Republicans and Trump Republicans. And the liberals hate the Trump Republicans, but he realized with this whole process, yeah, they hate all Republicans. Of course, and out to kill every single one of them. Yeah. So you never know what that means in terms of uh, Kavanaugh is a changed man. I don't care what he says, because he has now been exposed to the incredible evil of politicians to destroy him. I mean, th this was no laughing matter for him. I mean, the man broke down in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I mean, he was crying and his wife was crying. I mean, what they were doing to the guys is beyond belief, you know? So he has now come to certain realizations. What was that? Who knows how many death threats he and his family received? Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it's very good that a judge, had, that it, what was exposed to him is the evil of the Democrats. That's a very important concept and so on, you know? Maybe that's why that's Hashem had the design that he should be, like you said, further, even though even if he said he wouldn't, he'll find a way to do it anyway, because now that he's been exposed to it, they'll push him to do but things. Don't things. forget, it's president was only it's concerned to the courts when, they, when there's a Supreme Court judge that anyway. was there when the president was made. Now there's a new Supreme Court, and there's <coughs> nobody there that was at the time of Roe versus Wade, that president doesn't hold anymore. It only holds with regard to... Anyway, one more thing I want to mention, which happened over the summer, is that Israel passed a basic law, which is fundamental, it's almost like constitutional, where, where Israel is a Jewish nation state. That's a very important idea. Why? Because when something is a basic law, then the Supreme Court must uphold the Jewish character of the state. The Supreme Court in Israel is the heir of Rav. It's one of the essential heir of Rav of Israel. So now something has been passed, which is a basic law, which stops them from destroying the character of Israel by saying it's secular and so on. They now must defend the Jewish nature of the state, which has tremendous implications for many laws. Why is that important? Because it's the beginning, I feel, it's the beginning of the end of the era of Rav. Because it's now a law in Israel that you must 
defend the Jewish character, which is Shabbos, <coughs> Kashrus, I mean, whatever it is, they must defend it. And that is a smack in the face to the ear of Rav. You see? And that itself means that that is the beginning, I feel, of the end of the era of Rav. So that's, a, that's a something also that happened in the summer. Okay, I hope, I've, I hope I've solved the problem of what Trump is doing, why Kavanaugh, what the real reasons are, and so on, you know. But remember, you have to remember, all of this is in the Torah. You see, everybody runs over that phrase. Well, he's a man of the field, he's a good hunter, he's an outdoorsman. But what it really means, of course, is that his job in assisting Yaakov is to take on the entire world in every which way. And that's exactly what Trump is doing. Every behavior that Trump is doing conforms exactly to what Esau will be doing when he does tshuva. And that's exactly written in the Torah. That's all you have to do is look in the Torah. You saw that. You see? Anyway. Okay. Is that the very, the very, you know, just like in Purim or Talmud, the very law that the Democrats institute, because normally was 60, per, you need 60% of the Senate to confirm. Yeah, I know, the nuclear option. The nuclear yeah. option was yeah. instituted for the. Oh, I mentioned that. Yeah. that the so Democrats themselves them. destroyed themselves yeah. by allowing a nuclear option. Right? Which is now used by the Republicans. Yeah, I want to tell you something. You know, it says in Mizmah Shiliyam HaShabbos, it says, uh, you know, Ish Ba'al You know, the fool doesn't understand what's going on. Who is the one who brings the Geula? You know who it is? The Sultan. That's really it is. The certain things that he's winning and he's gaining right, and he's got all the things going for him through his Keturgam, he doesn't realize that he is the actual instrument of the redemption. You see? And that's why he's called a fool. You know? It, 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 it just, in, in the end of time, the Sutton will say, I can't believe what I did. I just brought the redemption. You see? So by having his guys, the Democrats, you know, and so on, right? <clears throat> Using the nuclear option, right? He's given power to the who? He's given power to the, Repu- the conservatives, the Republican, right? By Obama making all the, uh, what he called, executive orders, right? He has allowed Trump to undo every order he's made and to issue his own, you see? And now the Democrats, by doing the evil of trying to destroy Kavanaugh, right, they have now revealed themselves, right, to be the lowest of the low. You have no idea what that is. To destroy a man, a guy like that, you know, his family and his kids, you know, and, you know, and he never would have lived it down. He would go to his, to his grave. Everybody would say, we know what you did. You know? Nobody would forget it. And they would never forgive him. You see? But now he's sitting on the Supreme Court. You know? In a certain sense, I hope he's now much smarter and not naive before, you know, that, that he, that before this happened to him. And I really think, hopefully, that he'll be a great judge. And the court is now conservative, which means America is now going to be righteous. What an incredible victory for Toiv. You know, I'm sure Toiv, I'm sure Trump must be sitting in the White House. And in Yiddish they say, he's quelling. Which means that Trump is sitting there and say, wow, 
did I beat these guys, you know? And not only that, now the court is, uh, is now conservative, you see? And if the, you never know what the Bunch may do, but what he may do, look, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's a terrible liberal, you know? You know, and she said, well, she's not gonna quit until she's 90, you know? So I'm sure God is saying to her, uh, did you consult me on that? <laughs> you know, she already had pancreas cancer. She had a couple of cancers, and she beat them all because the Bonsham allowed that to be. But he could take her out tomorrow. And then what does she have? And then what's going to do? Trump is going to nominate another conservative. So not only are you going to go from five conservatives, you go to six conservatives, you see? And by the way, all these guys are like 50 years old. You know, they're going to last around another 40 years, you know? In the end, it's amazing how God has the last laugh. How do you feel yeah. this victory happened on Shabbos Parashas Bereshit? Well, what it, yeah, but it, the victory happened on Bereshit, that's true, right? So uh, it was pushed off, pushed off, pushed off until the, 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 the original hate. Meaning, do you feel that it's like a kind of rectification? <laughs> I, I feel, the reason why, because you, you'll notice... Russian heart and, and Zemo, the, the Nachash. That's when the, the, the Nachash started up today, right? And here well, today we have the picture of... No, but I, I, believe the, the, I believe the more essential idea is the, the fact that we are now in Pasha's Noyach. And Noyach is exactly, right, because the flood happened by Noyach because of all these same-sex marriages and so on and so on. What? Who? Yeah, 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 yeah. They wrote Ksuba for a male marriage to a same-sex marriage, you know. But uh, that this happened you know, after Mincha probably, you know, uh, to Pashas Noyach, uh, to illustrate that, you know, this is exactly what God is trying to prevent, another flood. So therefore he's, he's uh, doing it, uh, making America righteous. America has no concept that they, they're being saved from destruction. And the Russian could do anything, you know, you never know. But that because he's now conservative, that America could do tshuva, and that will save them from a flood or some from geological catastrophe because now there's a Supreme Court. They yeah. have no idea about that. Speaking of flood, the flood that happened in the Carolinas. Is it, is it, is it, is it oh, it was... Warning? Florence. Florence. Yeah. They, they're all warnings, of course, yeah. They're all warnings, yeah. But they don't look at it that way. But this is a major victory for the conservatives. Major. It's going to influence... explains why he's not presidential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, the reason why... No, the he puts his foot in his mouth and he tries to fix something. Yeah, the reason why he's not presidential is because he's Aesop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can do tshuva, but you know, it's like, can, can a leopard change its spots? Exactly, that's why I laughed, you know, with all the accusations against Trump. Everybody was saying it's terrible and so on, he's this and that. I said, what's it, who, who cares? His policies are incredible. You know, so he, so he didn't have the dignity. Look at Obama, he had the dignity. He's one of the worst presidents in U.S. history, with the dignity. I'd rather have a guy who's incredible in terms of policy. I'm not interested in character. I'm, I'm, of course, look, he's a, deep, he's a decent guy, don't get me wrong. But he's Aesop. Aesop loves girls. He's like, yeah, that's what Aesop does. Come on. I mean, okay, but I don't care. As long as it doesn't influence his honesty, which he is, and his integrity, which he has, and his, uh, and his, uh, and his uh, defiance, which is gewalt tremendous, and his uh, policies. His policies are incredible.
You know, I read an article where it said that China, <clears throat> that the people in China, you know what they hold about Trump? I read an article about that. You know what they They hold he's a genius, that he's out to change the world order. They hold that, because they look at what this guy's doing. He confronts China, and China's not going to fight the United States. All their customers coming from the United States. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Well, because they have to show face. Just impl implemented two hundred billion dollars of tariffs. And those tariffs took effect a week ago or something like that. When yeah, those tariffs start hitting the United the consumer here, it's going to be passed on. When you go to Walmart, you're going to be paying more for products. Yeah, okay, but but you know what But they they're getting but they're getting hit much worse. You know the trade deficit is ridiculous. You know what do we? So we have fifty billion. They got four hundred. What they got four hundred billion dollars. When a U.S. puts a tariff on there, they suffer much more than we suffer with them. Okay, so you know, so fifty billion dollars won't do that. But their their damage is much greater than the U.S. That's why Trump says it's a win-win situation. And anyway, I don't think it lasts that long because they're not going to. Because they have to. Sh you know, threatened that in January it'll go up from ten to twenty-five. Is that? He's not afraid. He laughs at these guys. They don't understand. He's sick and tired of them taking advantage of the United States. They've been doing that for years. You see, and and none of the presidents did anything. <coughs> what you should know, the fact that they didn't do anything, and allowed the world, whatever Canada, China, to rip us off, right, is a is is a neglect or dereliction of their job. And who's watching the store? They should have stood up to China. You see? Why does it take Trump to do that, finally? You know? And they know what they're doing. They demand secrets of companies in order to do business in China. What kind of business is that? You know? They've done small chips in the motherboard China for is most a, computers. Yeah. That's right, China is an enemy. They're, they're yeah. spying, they're putting spyware in, in cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. There are the, 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 uh, the cell phones have spyware in it. Yeah, so, so Trump finally is standing up to all of them. Remember, we need to fill down to the What? There's just the, the first course, we need the main course. Yeah. The main course, yeah. yeah. You mean the... The messianic uh, process yeah, has to yeah, bring the spirituality, but but obviously, what has to happen in order for the, the in a certain sense, the world has to change in a better way, and that's what he's doing. That's his job. Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, is a spiritual change. His change is to confront the world and to try to make them better, which which he's doing admirably. I mean, this is one of the greatest coups for him, that he got Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. I mean, it's unbelievable what this guy did, uh, you know? He's still standing in the polls to lose Congress, that's what they're saying. Well, you know... The Senate just changed. The polls said he was... Doesn't mean anything. I, I, I once said a long time ago, the only vote that counts is God's. Everybody else is irrelevant. Uh, that's what it is, you know. So you have to look from God's standpoint, what does this have to do with the messianic process? That's the key to understand all of this. In terms of the messianic process, if we have a, a Tosha Ba'esav protecting Israel, does that mean that we won't need Mashiach ben Yosef? All we need no, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. What does he do? No, if we, if we have. You, you mean you're worried he's unemployed? <laughs> the Mashiach ben Yosef brings the Orishan. He brings the Messianic light. The Mashiach are not here for political purposes. 
the Mashiach and I are here to change the world in terms of the inability of the world to be spiritual. Their job is ruchni, is spiritual, you know, not political. I thought Mashiach and Yosef fights wars with the Jews against their enemies. Isn't that one of his jobs? No, his main job is to bring Israel back to Eretz Israel, to bring the messianic light, to rebuild the base of Migdash. You see? And, and so on. Make the Jews more spiritual. A Mashiach is not about, uh, he's not a political redeemer. He's a spiritual redeemer. Trump has got the job of political redemption in a certain sense. Yeah. But I thought Mashiach had done it. Whatever. No, no, no. So I'm saying no. That is a mistake. No. Again, the answer is, there's nothing to understand. Kani Ra'im, if you look in the Psukim that talk about Mashiach and Yosef, his job is Ruchnius. You see? To change the world in Ruchnius. He's the change guy. Mashiach ben, wait. Mashiach ben David is the one who institutionalizes permanently. Got it? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. There's, yeah, but there's, yes, but the Vilna Goyen and the Zoya say that he will not be killed. And the Ari says, and that's why we pray in Shmon Esrei, Es Semach David, who's Semach? Who's the offspring of David? Sheikh ben Yosef. So what you're really doing, yeah, that the Ari says that. So that what you're really doing is praying for the Mashiach ben Yosef that he be not killed. And I explain a lot of Shurim on what that means and so on. And uh, therefore he won't be killed. And I explained that. Instead it was transmuted to a different sentence and so on. But anyway, uh, that he will come, change the world spiritually, okay? And the one who makes it permanent as a kingdom is Mashiach ben David. But you need Mashiach ben Yosef to change the world spiritually. Once anyway. The, once the good Shabbos have this tshuva, does the not Sotosh Beis have, like, copies the what? him? Once the Tosh have this tshuva, does the Rash Beis have copies him and also does tshuva? Does do they all do tshuva, or only the good, only the good part of Beis have this tshuva? No, when Mashiach comes, before or after? Not before. Now. Now. No. No. Oh well, they are. I mean, th the world is becoming, in a certain sense, more righteous, because Trump is standing up to the whole world. That's why he's got to become the most powerful nation on earth, or else he has no power. You know, might talks. I don't think the Rambam mentions Mashiach ben Yosef. No, That's okay. We mention only Mashiach ben David, right? In Shmon Esri, it doesn't say anything about Mashiach ben Yosef, right? Right? I guess not. It doesn't. What do you mean, guess not? It doesn't, right? And the reason for that is because we look forward to the permanence of the whole concept, of the whole kingdom. Ben Yosef is part of the process, but he's not the end of the process. So that's why we mentioned Ben, ben David, you Does see? Does that have to do with the fact that Yosef is sowed and he's hidden? But if you look at the Mephoshim on Ben Yosef, you know, take a look at uh, Yalkut Shemoni, uh, 499. The whole section is on Mashiach Ben Yosef and what he does, you know? Most people don't know about him because he's really, a, in many ways, a mystical figure. But I, I've spoken a lot about him, you know? Uh, but that's the difference, you know? And so on. How long um, from now do you have any idea? Until the Ben Yosef starts showing up. It's a tough question, man. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, that's, that's, an indi- that's an indirect compliment, you know, because you're assuming I know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice compliment. What? How do you see it in Ashkaf? It's a matter of 10 years. I see it within 10 years, yeah, easily. Maybe, maybe even five. What does it mean that Tachias and Metsi must start 210, year, what, what, 210 years before the case? Yes. Which is about another 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 years. Well, because Tchiesa Mason, resurrection of the dead, starts when Mashiach Ben Dovid comes. The only thing the Zoya says that it will continue for 210 years, which means that, according to that Zoya, the Mashiach Ben Yosef has to have arrived by uh, 2030. What does it mean that 12 years. What does it mean that That's why you see such an incredible acceleration of this process. I mean, it's unbelievable. Why? Could have taken your old guys also and read them for 40 years. Could what? It could have been 80 also would have been fine. 80. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, what does it mean that it's got to start in 20... What aspect of Tiflis meeting is starting in 10 years? People getting, people getting up from their grave. <laughs> I don't know what the question is. That's what the aspect is, get up from the grave. So Rashi goes, what? Yeah, guy's going to get up from the grave. Exactly, you know. Not everybody at one shot, but that Chisam Mason Resurrection of the Dead is a process that continues for... Uh, it's, it's two, uh, the guys that get getting up from the grave are going to integrate the people who are already alive? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm deadly serious. <laughs> Yeah, it's what's going to happen. The guy's get off the grave, and what's he going to do? Go back to the grave? He's going to want to interact with, you know, you and other people and so on. You know? <laughs> yeah. And his body is without Zoyama. What? We are not talking here about zombies. Forget about that. 